Well, good morning on this Tuesday in our 12th week. We begin as we left last week. We're in 2 Kings. Today we're in the 19th chapter, and we have this tremendous story, an historical event of the march of the Assyrian armies onto Judah. King Hezekiah reigns at this time in the southern kingdom. The northern kingdom has already been devastated by Sennacherib and his massive army. And he's making his way south with the threat that he will build these siege works against Judah, Jerusalem itself. <clears throat> he will attack that city. And our, our father says through the prophet Isaiah, holy God says through the prophet Isaiah, this, this shall not be. You, you will not even fire an arrow upon this city. You will not even approach its gates Sennacherib, in fact, you will return the way you came, greatly diminished. What we know historically to be true is, number one, this happened. The Assyrian armies did move south. And there was a great battle, actually, that would usher in the Babylonian Empire. These are the Sennacherib's, the, the king of the Assyrian Empire. But there's a great battle that takes place after the Assyrian troops had moved south and did not attack uh, Judah and Jerusalem. They moved back north, but they were in a greatly diminished state into that battle, which allowed the Babylonian Empire to succeed them. And what's interesting today, we have from this 19th chapter, we have this story of this statement. That night, the angel of the Lord went forth and struck down 185,000 men in the Assyrian camp. Early the next morning, they were there they were, all dead, all those corpses. So Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, broke camp, departed, returned home, and stayed in Nineveh. Now, we don't know now, historically, what happened to that army. We're told in Scripture, 185,000 men died overnight. What we do know is this powerful Assyrian army was greatly diminished when it engaged the Babylonians uh, in an unexplained way. Where did all the Assyrian soldiers go? That's the question to history. So here we have an explanation captured through the writings of 2 Kings, or in the writing of 2 Kings. And Isaiah prophesied that, no, fear not, the Lord our God is omniscient. The Lord our God expects our devotion and our authenticity and faith. But his will be done, not the will of the world, not the will of the world, his will be done. And the same powerful God, this omniscient God, this creator of all things, also offers us such a simple message as we read today in Matthew's Gospel, Matthew 7, we remember our, our journey through Matthew. The fifth chapter offers us the Beatitudes. The sixth chapter offers us the Lord's Prayer. And then the seventh chapter today, verse 12, we have the simplest of teaching. Eleven words, eleven words that can shape our life. Do unto others what we, you would have them do to you. In all things, do unto others what you would have them do to you. And the, our Savior goes further in saying, choose the narrow path not the wide one. Choose the narrow path. Enter through the narrow gate, we're told, for the gate is wide and the road broad that leads to destruction. And those who enter through it are many. If we go back in time into Psalms, we have this beautiful telling in the 100th Psalm. The 100th Psalm is a prayer or a Psalm that many pray in the morning. The 95th Psalm or the 100th Psalm are known in our daily office as the Invitatory. It's known as the Invitatory. And here we have in the 100th Psalm, enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Well, what is that gate? Well, John told us that, didn't he? John, in his gospel, 
records the seven I am statements of Christ, our Savior, and he tells us that I am the gate, Jesus said. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved, will come in and go out and find pasture. I am that gate. So when we're invited by our Lord to enter through the narrow gate, in that journey entering through those gateways to do unto others that which we would have done, we have the most simple, simplest teaching of life, but perhaps the most difficult to follow, which is to consider before we act, before we speak, what is it that I would want to hear or need to hear? What is it that I would want done to me that should guide my actions for others? And then likewise, rejecting in general populist movements, those are usually suspect. Populist movements are usually suspect because they are trendy. They have no endurance or root to them. They are oftentimes not grounded in fact or truth. Not always, not always, but often. 19th century great poet, his name was William Arthur Dunkerley, English, and, and he, he wrote under the pen name John Oxenham, John Oxenham, and he wrote this beautiful poem called The Ways. He wrote as follows, to every man there openeth a way and ways and a way, and the high soul climbs the highway, and the low soul gropes the low, and in between on misty flats the rest drift to and fro. But to every man there openeth a highway and a low, and every man decideth the way his soul shall go. It's a beautiful poem. Beautiful poem to help us reflect on today's teaching. Do unto others what you would have them do to you. Our Savior says this is the law and the prophets. This is the summary of the law and the prophets. All this wisdom and knowledge is summed up in that simple teaching. Do unto others that what you would have them do unto you. And continues on with that. Enter through me, the narrow gate. You want to discover that gate? Discover me, study me, learn me, our Savior says. For the gate is wide and the road broad that leads to destruction. And those who enter through it are many. But enter through that narrow gate and those who find it find the pathway to life. Amen. Amen.